This episode of the Demand Gen Pod is brought to you by Nurture Labs with certified experts in Eloqua, HubSpot, Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, Pardot, Marketo, and more. Their expertise in email marketing, form building, and inbound strategy is revered by leading companies in medical technology, SaaS, higher education, and finance. Discover the path to optimized marketing at NurtureLabs.io, where Nurture Labs will be your trusted ally in the world of demand generation. Welcome to the Demand Gen Pod. My name is Ryan. Today, we are talking about industry benchmarks, and we started talking about this last week just a little bit, and I sort of led on to it, but today we're specifically talking about why industry benchmarks just don't quite mean what they used to. Um, I have clients ask me a lot, can we see what the benchmarks look like for our industry uh, so that we can set some expectations? And on a really high level, I think this is absolutely fine, really high level. But to develop your own goals and your own KPIs around benchmarks, I think, uh, is a dangerous approach. The reason for that is that you are, uh, one of two things are going to happen. Well, I suppose one of three things, but I think that it's more likely one of two things. The first is that you're going to miss them by a mile, or the second is that you're going to look like an absolute rock star. And neither of those two, while one is good and one is bad, neither of those two are actually representative of your own data. That's why I think that benchmarks should not really be used beyond maybe a really high level. So if you want to set an expectation about where you might be able to get to in theory, then great. Um, Setting up any KPIs aligning to a benchmark is a dangerous task. The other step, uh, kind of just one, one step beyond this though, the other thing to consider here is that you just don't understand and never will or know, not for a lack of trying, how those benchmarks were determined. And there are so many ways to define benchmarks and just a really high level if we focus strictly on email marketing here, okay? Let's say that you have a database and you've not done a great job keeping up with that database, messaging them, uh, communication in general, okay? And so you have, within that database, you have leads and you have customers, okay? Within those two groups, you have lots of other various kind of subsets. Some people call them cohorts. Some people call them segments. It doesn't really matter. Um, Let's use cohorts. So you have a group of leads, a cohort within your lead group, which might be really cold, okay? Maybe they are old leads that you purchased. Maybe they are old leads from a merger. Maybe they are old leads that signed up for something, submitted a form, and you didn't have any sort of email nurture in place, and you've done a really poor job other than maybe sending a newsletter every month or something like that to keep up with them. Maybe you've not even done that, okay? Then you have another cohort within leads, which are net new. They're recent. They're within the last, by recent, let's say within the last seven to 10 days, okay? That's recent. Um, Not older than 30 days. Those are net new leads. They're still warmer leads. Now, maybe you don't really leverage email marketing because your sales cycle is really short and sales takes over all the leads. Maybe you don't leverage email marketing because you have so few leads that you don't really see the point in it because sales just handles every lead regardless. It doesn't really matter. The point is that, uh, and maybe you don't do email marketing because you should have and you never got really got around to it or you didn't have the bandwidth or you didn't have the funding or whatever the case may be, right? I mean, there's that side too. Regardless, just in this one example, you have two different groups of leads, okay? 
Now let's talk about customers. Maybe within customers, you have the same thing. You have diehard customers. You never have to reach out to them. They're always going to come back to you. Uh, brand is really strong with them. They're uh, reliable and they are determined to always use you. Okay, great. Um, you should be marketing to them for evangelism purposes. Then you have the other side, uh, customers who may be new. Customers where let's say that your product has a warranty expiration or let's say that your product is uh, consumable and will be consumed and used, okay? So they need to purchase it again on some sort of regular, uh, regular timeline. There are two different groups here where one, you're always going to have their business and two, you may always have to be earning the other group's business, okay, the other cohort's business. So just with these four groups of people, each one of those groups should have their own benchmark. So when you go to industry benchmarks, you're gonna see uh, MailChimp does a, does a really good job. Uh, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but MailChimp does a really great job posting uh, benchmarks because they're doing benchmarks for lots of different industries, 10 or 15 industries, and they do it every year. And they have the open rates and the click-through rates and all that stuff in the benchmarks, and it's like billions of emails, okay? So that is about as average as you can possibly get, um, hopefully not particularly skewed. I don't know what they do in terms of like managing all the data and, and averages and means and medians and all that stuff. But, um, <clears throat> you know, when you're talking about billions, I think that it probably averages out pretty accurately. Those are probably the benchmarks that I recommend you use if you're going to look at industry benchmarks. But with that said, what they do not have in there is any sort of breakout to say, this is uh, benchmarks for customers. These are benchmarks for leads. These are benchmarks for cold leads. These are benchmarks for warm leads, so on and so forth. So just within those four groups that I suggested, each one of those groups are going to have different benchmarks that you should be focused on. So if you look at an industry benchmark and the open rate is say, 24%, okay? And the click-through rate is say 12%. I think those are really, really strong, okay? So if you're looking at those and then you look at cold leads and you're getting a 4% open rate and a 1% click-through rate, you're gonna be like, well, how am I ever going to reach that? Well, these leads are 80 days old and you've never contacted them before. They don't, you missed it. Like you missed the chance to get those benchmarks with these particular people, okay? You're Dedicated customers, you're probably gonna see those numbers. Your net brand new customers, you're almost certainly gonna see those numbers, probably even better. And then depending on which kind of nurture programs you're doing, those are also going to change the numbers that you could expect to hit. We do a lot of, um, we do a lot of customer nurture programs for clients. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the customer nurture has extremely high open rates. Not always necessarily click-through rates, depends on the email, I suppose, and depends on the messaging and the goal of it, but um, really high open rates. And the reason for that is because they are customers. They're using your product. They want to make sure that they're using it to the best of their abilities. And particularly if it's a complicated product for whatever reason, uh, say a medical device, for example, they, they need that support. Not only does a customer need that support, but your support team also needs that support. I'm a big believer in programs like that where you're targeting new customers to teach them to use the product. It reduces, um, it reduces the strain on your support team and it improves your customer retention. So both of those are wonderful results, okay? But again, you will have different benchmarks there where you're saying this product that you purchased here is content specifically around teaching you how to use it to the best of your possible ability in 
the timeline that we are pretty sure you're going to follow. All right, so we, we know that you learn about this, you learn about that, and maybe six months in, you could, need, you could use a reminder on how to do this because you don't have to do it very often. All of those things are taken into account, and that leads to really high open rates. So we've seen open rates, I am not joking, as high as 70-something, 70 72%, 73% on customer nurtures like that. And uh, that would skew your benchmark like crazy when you're thinking that you also have a database of cold leads who barely remember who you are, where you're getting a 5% open rate, okay? Really different things. So industry benchmarks, just for that reason, there's no such thing as a standardized metric because the averages and the expectations just differ inside of your own database. So something to consider. With that said, let's jump into the intro. Welcome to the Demand Gen Pod. Let's get started. All right, so, you know, industry benchmarks, they were traditionally used to measure success in marketing because they provided a standardized metric for comparing performance. And the marketing landscape has really evolved with digital transformation, making traditional benchmarks slightly less relevant as new strategies and tactics emerge. So what about those changing landscapes and diverse industries? The digital transformation has impacted marketing strategies across industries by shifting focus to online platforms and data-driven insights and personalized approaches. And all of these things should be taken into consideration because challenges arise when applying industry benchmarks to these diverse sectors due to differences in target audiences, like we already talked about, marketing channels, and unique industry characteristics. Now, certain industries like niche markets or those with rapidly changing trends, they also face unique challenges in benchmarking for those exact reasons, that it's just moving so quickly and to be able to capture enough data and make decisions can be kind of difficult. The other factor here is customization and personalization, which have been really important in modern marketing as they allow us to tailor messages and offerings specific to customer segments and cohorts. And customization makes industry benchmarks slightly less reliable because it focuses on individualized approaches rather than general industry standards. And some examples of how personalization leads to those better results, targeted advertising, personalized recommendations, and those, again, tailored customer experiences like the example that I've already given. Alongside that, we also have evolving technologies, and that alongside new marketing tactics have changed the effectiveness of those traditional benchmarks by introducing different strategies that we have to follow. Those strategies may not align with industry benchmarks, but they still yield really impressive results, like, for example, influencer marketing, user-generated content, immersive experiences, all of those things make a big difference. And businesses can learn new technologies and leverage them and leverage new tactics to exceed industry benchmarks, particularly by staying updated and experimenting, testing, and adopting agile marketing approaches. So that if you're in the middle of a campaign and you are getting data from that existing live campaign while you're building your next one, you can maybe be making changes to your new campaign based on the data that you're seeing in your existing campaign. So always be testing is the big takeaway there. The other side of this is data quality and reliability. So I, I think that MailChimp does a good job, but again, you are also talking about billions of sends. At the same time, um, that's across lots of different industries, which they do break out. But beyond MailChimp, there are lots of other places where you can get industry benchmarks for uh, or from. And you just don't know where the data is coming from and how statistically viable 
it is. And so different performance standards can really vary uh, depending on lots of those factors like uh, sample size, the data collection method, data accuracy, and how representative it is of your actual database. So how similar is their database to yours? And quite frankly, you, you don't know, neither would I. So it's just impossible to know. Some other industry-specific challenges or also biases like data availability, variations in reporting standards, those can also really affect the reliability of benchmark data. So how do we redefine our success metrics? What do we do? Some alternative metrics to measure success beyond traditional benchmarks might be things like customer satisfaction, brand loyalty, engagement rates, return on investment, or ROI. And these are all things that, yes, you could look up a benchmark for this, but just create your own benchmark, right? And the best way to do that is, like I was saying earlier on, is to break your database up into different cohorts and then look at how representative they are, hopefully very representative of each individual group that they're in so that they're accurate, I guess is really what I should have said. And then once you have that to start looking at those high level metrics like open rates, deliverability, click-through rates, uh, and the lower level metrics, uh, lower funnel metrics like conversions and ROI, uh, engagement, all those things, and then tying that to revenue, by each cohort. And when you do that, you can start to build out your own benchmarks. Benchmarks are only important if you make them important. And lots of business leaders want to say, I want to know what the open rate's going to be. How would I know? How am I going to know if this is a group that we've never emailed before? So I'm going to give you a, a terrible number because I don't, I don't want to be wrong. So we're just going to have to guess, but that's all it is. It's a guess. So benchmarks are a great example of what happens when you email lots of people and you build averages. But again, until you start to break that down into the different cohorts that you have, it's going to be more and more difficult to be accurate with them. And accuracy is, you know, important, I guess. <laughs> so we want that. But businesses can define their own goals and metrics based on specific objectives and target audiences by aligning them with brand values and strategic priorities. So what's most important is what's most important to, do you have a really large uh, group of lower funnel contacts? Is that who you should be targeting right now? Because you think that they're probably really close to shifting, or do you have a significantly larger group of leads who have not converted um, by converted, I mean like to a, uh, to a contact or an opportunity. They're just an existing lead. So we know who they are. Um, and if we nurture them, we can push them down through the funnel and nurture them to the point where they are going to convert. And that is going to lead us potentially to more revenue. It's really just a numbers game as to where that's going to be and where you should land. But you can also, instead of focusing on industry benchmarks, you can shift away from that and you can look at focusing on customer centric approaches and then unique value propositions for both customers and for leads as well. You can also gain some insights by looking at competitors without solely relying on industry benchmarks by conducting a competitor analysis through market research. You can monitor online presence and you can also analyze customer feedback. How positive is that feedback and, and what is the feedback focused on? So that's all pretty manual, um, but another way that you can kind of get an idea of your own benchmarks on where you want to get to or what you're trying to avoid at the same time, you could also learn that. 
And some effective strategies for positioning yourself in the market might be differentiation by offering unique value props, which you know, is like kind of like marketing 101, but also emphasizing things like your brand story, capitalizing on whatever niche markets you can identify and focus on. And speaking of that, focusing on differentiation and those unique value props make industry benchmarks even less relevant because success is not solely determined by industry standards, but instead by your own individual marketing position. And that is, or sorry, individual market positioning. And that is just the big takeaway that I'm trying to drive here is that the difference between, the difference between uh, benchmarks and you is you. <laughs> benchmarks are nothing but average. And yes, they give you direction. So if you get nothing but direction out of it, then that's, I think, okay. But to be making any sort of business decision or expectations or ROI expectations in particular based on benchmarks is a dangerous game and I would advise against it. So recapping, marketing's changed. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's been changed, but it is so much more digital than it ever was, even more digital now than it was last year, more digital than it was in 2022 then 2021, so on and so forth. It, it always gets more advanced. And we always get new technologies and new customization opportunities to be able to improve our data quality and individualize success metrics. And when we can do that, we can have really specific data and we can create our own very specific benchmarks that are accurate, which again, important. So think a bit beyond traditional benchmarks. Focus on instead strategic goals and audience-centric approaches to achieve your own team's success. And when you do that, I think that you'll find that you'll have better results, they'll be more accurate. And then the final step there is that once you do have benchmarks to hit, you can then exceed them. And that's where you should be spending your time, not just shooting for the stars and, and hoping that whatever random benchmark you pull off of MailChimp's the site or, or whoever else does it gets you, to, uh, gets you close enough. So I hope this has been helpful. Looking forward to next week. Uh, my name is Ryan. This is the Demand Gen Pod. Please, if you have an opportunity, subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next week.